Hit it. Welcome to Coolsville Meat Suits, Population Us. This is Read and Weep, a podcast about movies and friendship. And we live in a strange and wondrous time, specifically the middle of season five, Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse. And we are just four, we're just four chill dudes with soul patches playing a year-long movie-watching game. We're just beating Give an espresso to kids. Yeah, get them all hyped. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording as usual from North Koreatown, Las Vegas, not Las Vegas, Los Angeles, North Wait, Koreatown, Los what? Angeles. Um, I was starting to think of my next sentence, which sometimes you can't do while you're saying your current sentence. Freshly back uh, from vacation uh, slash work tour, tourcation uh, in the Netherlands, which we're going to talk a little bit more about in a second. But first, let me introduce the panel. Next, sitting on, if you're going around the dial, he's on my right. He's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. He's in Southeast Portland. And we don't know who he is or where he came from, but he's my friend. It's Anthony Lopez. Oh, man. Uh, Alex, do you know what you do to people? Are you aware of what it's like to be a friend with you? Like, I love you. I Look, come, come what may, however you feel about this movie, I can deal with that. But it's really, very fun, because my wife, Heather, you know her, good friends yes. with her. I love her. She spent the last, like, 12 hours being like, if Alex hates the Iron Giant, <laughs> I am going to be so angry with him. <laughs> like, Anthony, Anthony, is Alex going to like this? Is Alex is going to like this, right? This is good. <laughs> this is objectively good. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck to tell you, honestly. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat along with everyone else, but um, even, even just the fact that you bring this out in people, Alex, <laughs> is something big. It's big. I love about you. It's a great, it's you a great thing. Is that I caused this much stress. The psychological um, effect. And think oh, about man. So this many listeners have to feel that way. Which is like we get to the favorite movies, and we're gonna be like, "Is Alex gonna?" Is he going to complain about the pizza boxes in the movie? Uh, the pizza box <laughs> is going to be what gets him upset. I never, okay. Okay. I never complained. I thought that pizza boxes were telling us something about the message, and you disagreed about that. That was what happened. No one said, like, oh, the pizza boxes are ruining this movie. Anyway, also joining us today, he's the co-host of Old Gamers Almanac, the podcast. Um, he's from the woods of Brooklyn. And he just blew millions of Uncle Sam's dollars out his butt. It's Hunter Donaldson. <laughs> are you are you a robot? <laughs> are this? Here's what I love about this. this this voice that they did for this movie was the most understandable Vin Diesel has ever been. Mm. This was, this was the clearest dialogue I've ever heard well, from Vin. The thing is, Vin, my father. When Vin Diesel saw this movie for the first time, he was like the platonic ideal of my voice, and he's been chasing that high ever since. <laughs> he heard the post processing they did and was like, "I need to reach that in real life." Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just wants to be walking around sounding yeah. like that. Yeah, and rounding out the panel today. He's uh, in Northern California, and he's a lot like you. He crash-landed on Earth, didn't know what he was doing, but he only uses his powers for good, never for evil. Remember that. It's Ezra Fox. Soul? 
Uh, before we start today, I want to thank all of our generous meat buddies who's uh, who've signed up for the Patreon. And some would say allowed, other would say um, unfortunately uh, allowed the show to continue, forced even the show to continue against other people's best wishes. If you want to keep us tied to the golden parachute that is Read and Weep, you can join them, keep the show just gently limping down the tracks. Go to metreon.com. And you can become me, but I really appreciate everybody who supports the show. Okay, before we talk about this movie, before we put Anthony's wife out of her misery, let's talk about the news. Well, that sounds worse, you're right. Uh, but let's talk about the news, you guys. And by the news, as many of you know, I sometimes mean personal news. So I just wanted to say we talked a little bit about me leaving the country. Talk about the me's. Let's mm. talk about me coming back into the country, you guys. Ah, uh, the news. Yes, our news mm. segment. North, <laughs> east, west, and south of Alex ah. Falcone. Is this weird? News, I, news anchor Alex Falcone coming to you <laughs> with the global news. Oh, it, the, okay, that reminds me actually... I, I, I'm starting to think that Alex might only be doing this show for some level of self-promotion. Yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure. But oh, you got me. It happened. I, that does remind me, though. There's a there's a genre on of TikTok that I love, which is professional news anchors, but talking about their lives. So they're at home and they turn on their news anchor voice, and so they're like reporting live from a porta potty on vacation where my toddler who insisted they didn't have to go to the bathroom is now using the bathroom for the fourth time it's fun. very very fun i do like that mm-hmm. it's a great genre um but yeah in personal news um i just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about uh my my trip this is my second time i've been to europe the first time as an adult and uh i it, it's been wild i'm still uh i know other people have noticed the time changes are hard but mm-hmm. i've been tired every day for 14 days now Whoa! Yeah. Oh, just That's ridiculous. Days, huh? What? Is well, all the, the all the days there, and then I like the last day. I was like, I think I finally got the hang of this, and then I came back. <laughs> what is the time difference between nine like, hours LA forward? To... Okay. Nine hours forward to Amsterdam, and so um, on the way back, you can just like not sleep. And then you just stay up the extra nine hours, and then it resets. Except well, that's not actually how it. How feels. long is no. the flight from Amsterdam? Eleven. Okay, so it's not one of those you like you leave and you get back before you technically left type of deals. But it's like, so you basically yeah. just erases that time. But but because it's international travel during the summer of employees having quit, um, yeah. there's a three hour check in process at mm, Skip, yeah. and then you got to do an hour coming through customs on the way back. So it's a long day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, I mean, there's uh, nothing like no better way to come back to America than immediately get hit with a bunch of bureaucracy and lines and bullshit. Yeah. Just to, it's like immersion therapy back into the horribleness that is America. So they did, okay, so they had there's a thing called global entry you can get for a hundred bucks where you apply to like go through yeah. customs fast on the way back in. And I applied um like two months ago to be like, I'll use this for my trip. And uh, they they gave me provisional approval right away. And then they were like, you just need to complete your interview. The next available appointment is 2025. Nice. Or oh, you can just, once you come through customs on the way back from your next international trip, we'll do the interview there. It takes 10 seconds. So it was like, there's physically no way to get this before the trip that I went on. So after I got through the Make another trip, Alex. customs, they were like, thanks for the hundred bucks. Next time it'll be easier. Wow, <laughs> that's lame. So next it's, time you'll bring back a bunch of drugs and all this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Next time you're gonna be our mule, right? Yeah. They didn't actually. 
they did not ask about anything. I had so much cheese and I was so ready to like talk to them about all the cheese and whether it had, you know, space bugs or whatever they're worried about with farm things, but um they didn't care at all. They were so chill. <laughs> Coming back to the US is like it's the line sucks, but then you get there and they're like, "It's cool. Welcome home, homie." But I think, well, I think, I mean, I think that's for saying. you. Alex, right? Yeah. I think even, uh, yeah. even the most jaded, yeah. cynical Border sure. yes. Patrol agent is going to look at you and be like, yeah, he ain't a problem. I, okay. Actually, the longest I've ever had to talk to Border Patrol was coming back in from Canada, and it was because I was bringing cheese, and the Border Patrol agent wanted to have a conversation about his favorite cheeses of the world. Yeah. Oh, I do want to know about that, actually. Down. You know, Whoa. now that I think about it, it seems like getting like TikTok famous about making videos about how much you and how effective you are at hiding things and other things. <laughs> yeah. Seems like it might actually legal term. really make your customs tougher than it, it could should be. be, right? It definitely could have been. Um, but yeah, I they don't like, care at all. Alex, I feel you like, Alex, have you considered a life of crime ever? Like, hmm. have you ever thought about being evil for money? Yeah. Um, the hardest part of a movie this is actually going back to pizza boxes the thing about that movie that was the hardest for me was when they were hiding under the table and i was worried they would get in trouble yeah that's any movie where i'm i think the characters might get in like that's the worst part of harry potter when they're walking around and you're like they might get in trouble like that's right. really hard on me emotionally so i do not think i'm cut out for crime mm. I, I was yeah, gonna say you don't have the heart for like it smuggle cheese like in your butt right you have to smaller a smaller alex in your butt Right, so it's like there's only specific Wait, for joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. To make that video work, it definitely would be. They'd be like, "Is there something in your butt?" And I'd be like, "It's a Lego figurine of me." <laughs> oh my god, that actually is that 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 connects very well. That would mm. be a pretty good this. bit. Yeah. Um, I uh, I really had a great time though, you guys. I know you've not asked yet, like most people would have by now, How, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, we are, uh, Alex, we are doing a podcast. We are not having a uh, casual friend conversation. And you're the one. Sure. No, no, no. You, I, we go off what you were talking about coming back and what that was like. So that's what we zoned in on. You <laughs> yeah, were yeah. like, I saw all these fucking great windmills and had a you're bunch of great host, meals. Alex, yeah. you host. You set up the, the topic of conversation. Okay, okay. topic of conversation. Hey, Alex. Hey, Alex. Please tell me about the Netherlands <laughs> now. Tell me now. I need to know. Did you feel like you were in a fucking fairy tale, Alex? Oh Is that God. what it was like? That's somewhere else. Tell me. That's not. Please that tell me. Tell me now. <laughs> I mean, honestly, for the listeners, isn't this better than if I was like, guess what movies are coming out this week? <laughs> like, I think personal news might be our best uh, best entrance into conversation because you guys are all, you are fired up to talk about this. Oh yeah, mm. I'm excited. Tell me about the Netherlands now. Tulips, <laughs> tulips, clogs. Um, Wearing them wooden shoes. I the um, I don't, if, for those of you who do follow me on TikTok, I did post a series of videos about the wild bathrooms that I had, and I know that doesn't sound like a really interesting topic, but here the ma the the most upsetting thing, the most troubling thing about this trip was that the first I was traveling with my mom and my sister, um, and the first hotel that my mom and I shared we shared a hotel for the first two days. And the it was a very small European hotel, and the bathroom door was glass. Yeah. Just me and my mom and a slightly frosted glass that still shows colors and shapes mm. and doesn't reach the floor of the ceiling to hide sounds or, or smells. Um, it was the most... Uh, 
we, it was we basically had to use the lobby for everything. It was yeah. so upsetting. And my um and I asked the guy at the hotel like, is this every room or is there other rooms where the bathroom is? Because there are two beds. Like if like if you were like maybe they you know it's like for weird European sex things, right? Well, they want to see each other. Poop. No, wouldn't this it be is... more like? No, we have seen your American Pornhub categories. Incest is obviously thrown away. Incest the number one in. thing but this in is, America. This is what I, you freaks are into. Take I, it. Okay, first of all, historically, I don't know if you've spent a lot of time looking at dirty movies, Anthony, but I do feel like that Europeans have one, right? more stuff. Whoa. No. I, I, I mean, that what used that? to be. What are you talking about there, Alex? Why don't you be thinking mostly about your... German stuff? Yeah. But if you, if you uh-huh. actually see what a movie in the German stuff, German, you know I, you're not going to like where it's going. I don't know about the German stuff, Alex. Will you please tell me about this German stuff <laughs> I'm you've been telling watching? You. You'll, you'll have to Google it. But the, the thing was, like, even if you were into the bathroom transparency, you're very intimate, you were comfortable in a relationship. Yeah. But this was a room with two beds. So there's no. Like, this is only for people who are not intimate. This is for families and for business travelers, uh, uh, casual partnerships, uh, people at the same festival who can't afford their separate rooms. And to yeah. have to ha- see the whole toilet from the bed in those situations is so upsetting. Yeah. It's you how you don't sell you to a second room. It's so I asked them, it was like, is, is this every room in this hotel? And the guy was like, yes, we recently renovated and people love our fancy bathroom. Ah, and they so, hate are not fancy doors. <laughs> I, that like that was like that was his, but fancy. I don't understand fancy. what part of that is like prison. Well, the toilet's right in the middle of the room. That's like the fanciest yeah. thing he's ever heard of. That's right? pretty fancy. Yeah, explaining. you're not painting to get enough picture. What was the sink like? What was the bed? Yeah. Oh toilet? yeah, was yeah, yeah, fancy? Yeah. fancy can be totally within side. Also, you don't know what it was like before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right before it was a magnifying glass, and now it's frosted glass. So that's an improvement. Before it was just a vacuum. It was just like the space toilet. You just had to attach a vacuum to parts. Honestly, it looked really small. Mm. That was my problem with it. It looked super small. the The bathroom was teeny tiny. It, it was it was very small. Yeah, um, which made you closer to the door, which made the right. outlines even which clearer. Made you closer, uh, like if you're yeah. pooping, which is obviously that's what we're talking about. That's the concern yeah, yeah, yeah. here, yes. right? About you pooping in front of your mom. Yeah. Well, so I did ask. How have you not crossed that boundary already? I mean, I was doing it right away. Yeah, Yeah, probably did. (laughs) You were just ahead of it. You were pooping at a fourth grade level. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I was a child, I was definitely pooping. I um, I well, so I found out that people who are on tour a lot and share hotel rooms with other people they tour with, um, do what's called a lobby jobby, which is where you just poop in the lobby bathroom as a kindness to your other people. Just poop straight in the lobby as a kindness to yourself. (laughs) I didn't clarify, but I assumed they meant the lobby restroom. But yeah, that's the uh, that's the solution for those who do this a lot. Um, the uh, I you you guys uh, did ask me if I was going to do drugs, mm. and I did not. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know what? I think you had a chance to bring up anything about the Netherlands. We spent five minutes on the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. It's like... I think we should just stop it right there. I think that's <laughs> that's what you right, decided right. to bring up. If we're gonna start hosting by committee, we may as well vote when the bit's over. I think no, I just think that like you could have brought up anything. The first yeah, yeah. place you went was bathrooms. I, ne- that's the Netherlands, ladies and gentlemen. It was like <laughs> bathrooms. That's was what's so excited. 
or like the interesting Netherlands thing yeah. I was about to learn, and you were like, "Well, these bathrooms, right?" I had to poop near my mom. Uh-oh. My, yeah. my favorite thing about all these news segments is that I know no matter what they're about, Alex will be disappointed by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I know this will not go the way you Never intended. This is what it does in my head when we're scripting it out. I uh, when I'm planning what I can bring up. I uh, uh, I do really like it. I think it is a cool place. It's a very cool place to the be. Bathrooms? The bathrooms, the bathrooms in the hotel, you thought was a cool place. Low good, good country. Hey, do like- don't don't call the con- Amsterdam a bathroom, you fucking <laughs> yeah, asshole! How dare you? It does Amsterdam have alone. It does have as a city a lot of plumbing. There are Ooh. yeah, yeah. There's oh, there's some. Does it have a lot of plumbers? And do they have mustaches? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't do they fight the Goombas? High plumber population. A lot of people don't know was that. It, but. Wasn't pl- plumbing invented around there? Like, didn't they actually uh, invent in that, in that neighborhood? What do you mean yeah. around there? Yeah. You know, <laughs> Europe. I mean, so it really, it was like, so Amsterdam is um, a very cool Egyptians. city. The Egyptians invented plumbing. So I'm yeah, going to say. That makes sense. Mm. Oh, not even close. Not mm. even the right continent. But like the U bend is a European invention. Okay, is, who invented that? What oh. actually allows for right, indoor right. plumbing to be a thing, and that was this is probably a great so. point, but a different podcast. All right, I do. I I used up my time on those things, but I it was great. It's a great. It's a great place. Awesome. It's a very cool place to hang out. Um, beautiful Whoa. architecture, density, bikes, apple tart, the whole thing is very very good. Um, what is? So it was invented originally by Alexander Cumming, but then the introduction of the U-shaped trap was by Thomas Crapper in 1880. Right. Yeah. This is a famous like everyone people love to share the like image of like the U-bend was invented by a crapper. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty fun good. Fact. It's Thomas Crapper's company. This is not bad. Um, I it is really interesting. I'll just I'll just say this is I do it is really interesting because my mom's family is there. I'm half Dutch. And I have never been, and it is very interesting to hang out and to um, like. I feel like I like the way I think of it is basically like we're like, we we're raised non-practicing Dutch. I think <laughs> um, like I I know some of it, but I'm not, we're not like we don't really believe in it. I think um, so. It was really interesting to see like, and we, I met some family that I never met before, and just like to see this like this is the it's now a drugstore, but it used to be a tobacco shop that my great grandfather owned and my grandfather was born in the apartment above it like it it was very very cool yeah i like that cool and into some history there yeah it's it's interesting to see like that uh, it's 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 called a heritage trip i've heard um so it was interesting in my first ever heritage heritage trip trip, right alex that's what (laughs) i'm always going on about so since you said that i'll actually end on this which is that um every museum in the netherlands um, is about the hundred years where they were super cool, which was fifteen hundred to sixteen hundred. Yeah. That's where they got all their money. All the other years they were being overrun by another country, but that was like the golden age. And all of them have to like decide how much or how little they're going to deal with where that money came from because it's no ah. bueno. All of it. Mm. It's very yeah, bad. Of course. Of course. Of yeah. So every so some museums are just like, man, sixteenth century, we did great. And then other ones are like, sixteenth century was pretty cool. And then there's a separate plaque that's like, however, we must admit. <laughs> Every bit of that money that we got, we stole from some indigenous population, some but we're at a great expense to the people living in that place. Um, and so there's just a nice variety of how much they're willing to talk about. How much it. shame. And, yeah. Yes. How much shame they have for the what they did to get like what the Dutch East Indies uh, East Indian Trading Company did to get all of that money. But it's it is no bueno. All of it bad. Um, and the probably the like the least that anyone cared about it was there was a. Um, there was a ship from the famous naval general De Reuter that was at the Naval Museum, and it was a replica of the ship. And they were like, 
yeah, he did a lot of terrible things. So we didn't really want this ship, but then a guy built it by hand and gave it to us, and it's pretty big, so we have to keep it. But we'll, like, admit that he did some bad things in his career, DeRoyer. So, like, here's our plaque with the pros and cons of why we have this ship. And then all the cons are like, he was a slave trader. He killed thousands and thousands of people. And then the pros are like, I worked really hard on this ship. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and it was you like know, a guy in the 80s who was just like really stoked about the bad parts of Dutch history. Say, say what you will about America. Yeah, we don't have a lot of like actual old shit, right? <laughs> but the shit Are you about we- to do some comparative like stuff with how bad the dutch east india company is and then no. how bad america is or? no 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 i just like okay places that like there's a lot of, it's amazing the amount of fucked up atrocities we have done in a short time span here compared to That's like true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. european yeah. countries we've been speed running yeah. evil yeah we've, <laughs> and we just nailed it yeah. yeah but you know like the bi- the world's biggest ball of yarn, or whatever you come and see in America when you do it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. At least, I mean, I'm sure there's probably some racist history to probably that, but it's problems not there, too. Yeah, I you know, you that, I, that yarn was acquired at some through some hor- horrible travels. Somebody now, else owned that yarn, and they were like, "We just found it." But now that you've seen like an Amer- like the Disneyland American castles, and now seen actual kind of like. Dutch castles. Which one's better? Which one would you rather? <laughs> yeah, which is more magical? Yeah, which is more magical? Well, th- so we went to the King's Palace in downtown Amsterdam, um, which was for a while it was like the town square when they were a republic, and then they ran out of money and just gave the whole country to France, and then King Louis turned it into a palace. And it is really weird to look at all the like, isn't democracy great? And then just all of this furniture from Louis the Fourteenth made out of solid gold in the shape of dragons and shit. Um, and so I do, I do think as a traveling, I do prefer that style of incongruity to the like world's largest ball of yarn on land that didn't used to belong to white people. Like this was definitely more interesting mm-hmm. than a lot of that. Um, also, uh, bikes are a nice way to travel, and so is canal boats. So. It's a good place. I'm not going to compare them, you know. Um, they're definitely goods and bads. I like. I. I mean, basically, I feel like they were right about everything except for uh, a couple small things. I, uh, ketchup is better on French fries than mayonnaise, just in terms of balance of yeah. flavors. Oh, um, for sure. You're putting oil sauce on oil fry. Like it doesn't. You want tart Freezing and sweet to balance yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Also, Celsius is bullshit. Yeah, Fahrenheit is a much better system than Celsius, and every other for like meters are better, and and uh, all the like uh, liters are better. Everything is kilometers. better. Kilometers, yeah, yeah. Kilometers are great, uh, but Celsius is so stupid because like our temperatures, like zero to hundred, is actually in Fahrenheit is like mostly weather. It's like really cold places in yeah, America, yeah, yeah. really hot places in America, yeah. zero to hundred, and there it's like 16 to 22 is the range of potential weather. It's like it was 19. It was, they were complaining how hot it was. And then overnight it dropped to 17 and people complained about how cold it was. Like it's such a, yeah. like, that's well, not it, enough it, variance. Y'all. You need yeah. some, Come you need on. some area. Um, yeah. Yeah. Robin Evans had you. a, had a great tweet because this was going around on Twitter over the weekend. So this was Fahrenheit. Oh and really? Yeah. It was a bunch of people arguing about it, but like, it is very much, he had a joke that's like, you know, I usually hate this country and everything it stands for, but you bring up Celsius and I immediately become like an incredibly like, <laughs> America, USA, it's, USA. It, it really is dumb. It's not, not very useful. And, and also like zero to a hundred being water boiling and freezing is like 
not great for weather because we're never outside in boiling water. Right. That's not yeah. a thing we have to worry about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Your water, yeah, yeah. Air never boils, yeah. nor are you. Yeah, yes. very seldom and, an ice cube. And you cube know as what? Well. You know what doesn't sound sexy? Going to the beach on a really hot day in Celsius. You know what sounds sexy? <laughs> Ooh, it's ninety nine degrees, baby. It's hot in here. It was like Ooh. in. It, it was. It was supposed to be in in Amsterdam. It was supposed to be forty Celsius, which was like a record that they'd never felt before. And if four, if you're yeah. not, if you've never touched a number above thirty nine in the yeah. history, of oh this my country, god, you're wasting the numbers. Anyway, we got to move on. This is way more talk than yeah. I want to do about this thing um, when I planned it out. But we have a very exciting movie to talk about, and I can't wait to reveal how I felt about it. We'll be there in two seconds. Yeah, the world is on fire right now, so that's fine. Uh, we actually left right before it got worse. Okay, now it's time for segment two: the game. This week, well, as you know, for all of season five, we're watching a movie watching, we're playing a movie watching game where each week one of us gets to select a new movie that has an actor in common with the last movie. And if we can direct it to our pre-selected movies, we get a series of points, which we can give away to other people and they can't accept or Ooh, they yeah. can't deny it. And uh, so we can make it uh, unfortunate or anyway, this week we traveled via Brian Tucci to Iron, the Iron Giant, the 1999 American animated science fiction film produced by... Famous animation company Warner Brothers Feature Animation and directed by Brad Bird, based on the 1968 novel The Iron Man by Ted Hughes, published in the U.S. as The Iron Giant. So, I mean, it's so funny to watch a movie from like 99 and be like, good thing we don't have to deal with gun violence anymore. Or this anti-gun violence movie might be really hard to watch sometimes. <laughs> good thing we don't have to worry about like these this fears about the Russians anymore. Yeah, <laughs> or the other and not understanding stuff, but specifically gun violence, which this movie is actually really about. Uh, well, yeah, I actually, I, I would argue not, this not about gun violence. Um, I think this movie is about Jesus, but um, we're gonna get to that. Uh, have you guys seen anything good by Warner Brothers feature animation? Space what else? Did they, they did Space Jam, which is not great in hindsight. Mm. Does not hold up well. I watched it recently. Um, uh cats don't dance did mm. you see that quest for camelot nope osmosis jones oh i like that no. one that was not okay, very good, good. Yeah, chris rock yeah it's only uh, yeah. half an animated movie the half the animated part of that movie is pretty good okay um this was starring the voice talents of jennifer aniston harry connick jr Vin Diesel, cloris leachman <laughs> and uh good old shooter mcgavin christopher mcdonald cloris leachman actually got cut from this as well oh yeah. Too bad. She was still listed on the uh, yeah, thing yeah, that I was copying. I know. I know. Um, and this movie, Old of course, hug was, hug. was, was p- well. picked by Ezra. Ezra, why did you pick this movie? Because it was score points. Yeah, this That's is a my good movie. Yeah. Too. Um, this is my third point movie. Um, second point movie. This is my... Where did it go? There it is. Yeah, this is my second point movie. So I scored points again. Yay, we'll get to that. Um... And uh, this is available. Oh, I also should mention, I'm trying to remember to do this more often. But this movie, if you wanted to see it, if you're excited by hearing us talk about it, is available for streaming currently on Home Box Office Maximum. Okay. So let me give you, because you've not seen the 1999 animated film Iron Giant, let me give you my patented six point micro summary. Here we go. It's the Cold War, but things are getting hot in here because Earth just got a giant steampunk style robot. Uh, an iron giant, if you will, uh, crash landing through our atmosphere and starting 
to smash around a small town eating metal, which I guess also makes him an iron cannibal. Um, yeah. He could be eating aluminum alloys. I don't know. It, it's, it is a little unclear. The name is Iron Giant, but pres- I assume that they have other alloys in space. Well, <laughs> and like I eat animals, but that doesn't make me a cannibal because we're both made of meat. Right. Right. Huh. Like, this yeah. is that doesn't tr- really make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so what okay, you- so, okay. So what would a robot have to be to be his same species of robot? Yeah, you just have uh, to eat robots. Same species of robot. Like, what yeah. are you talking species, about? Yeah. <laughs> what would a human have to be it, to be a cannibal? Oh, you yeah, have to eat a fucking human. Yeah, so. you really kind of answered your own question yeah. there, Alex. Okay, good point. Good point. So he so he crashes around, not being very good or interested in hiding, which attracts the attention of two people: a little boy inexplic- inexplicably named Hogwarts, and an evil government agent named Kent Mansley. Um, the 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 boy uh, helps the giant cannibal, hides him, provides him with uh, some more disembodied robot parts to eat, while Kent Mansley tries to track him down and kill him. Uh, the boy and his robot become friends, and so uh, Hagenard uh, hides him in a giant uh, scrap metal yard owned by a shiftless, untrustworthy artist with a soul patch who wants to fuck Hogface's mom. Uh, together... They learned some valuable lessons, like that. The, for example, they learned that the robot is actually a weapon from space. Who, for reasons, gained sentience and decided he didn't want to be a weapon anymore and has no memory of what he was before. But well, he got then dinged he, on the head. He got dinged on the head. That's yeah, what it was. <laughs> you a little, a little Later, dinged. he gets nuked and he still remembers who he is in a million pieces. But he has a little tiny dent on well, his head he, and he forgets. Before he remembers, he undings the head. It like pops out. Yeah. yeah. He undings himself. You don't. You gotta unding. <laughs> That's a good, I had not. I did not make that connection. Okay, so let me re- rephrase the sentence. Um, <laughs> together, they learned some lessons. Like, for example, the robot is a weapon from space. Who, for very clear reasons, yes. gained sentience <laughs> and decided he didn't want to be a weapon anymore. But he still turns into a weapon occasionally when attacked, which is bad news because Kent Mansley and the American government decide to attack the crap out of him, leading up to the up, up to eventually launching a nuclear missile at him and the town he's standing in, killing all which would kill all of them just to get rid of the giant robot cannibal. So he decides to become Jesus, a Jesus weapon who launches himself into space, explodes with the missile and turns himself into a giant glowing cross in the sky only to rise three days later in Iceland. Except the movie lost $20 million, so he has to go back to his cave and not actually rise from the dead all the way. And that's the movie. Well, it has been, now that you've seen it, you can understand why it's so upsetting that all Warner Brothers has done with this property over the last 30 years is make the Iron Giant a weapon in other properties. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, they, they did? Well, yeah, I mean, like, all of Ready, Ready Player One, he's riding yeah. around in Iron Giant and using it to fuck shit up. Space really? Jam, Space Jam 2 has the Iron Giant fucking shit well, that's up. True, but they also have the, um, like, they have the Clockwork but, Orange rapists in the background. They yeah, took everybody. Drugs. Exactly. All of it is bad, but I'm saying specifically, it's been... Every time the Iron Giant has been used in pop culture, especially in Ready Player One and Space Jam, were like the two big ones. But Ready mm-hmm. Player One, when like it's such a great metaphor for like what's wrong with that movie and sort of nerd culture. Like it's it's one of those. It's like the stairs things in Clockwork, uh, not Clockwork Orange, and um, uh, uh, what's the green Soylent Green? Yeah, the thing that's like so brilliant that it had to be an accident. There's no way they meant it. Yeah. But the idea of these characters stomping around in the Iron Giant because it looks cool, completely mm. missing the point of the Iron Giant. Again, right. 
it's like such a brilliant like point to be making that they absolutely didn't mean to make it. I, I that does make I, me mad. I didn't realize that. That is upsetting. I wouldn't want Warner Brothers to announce Iron Giant two now. Like that would also be bad, and I would assume they would be doing terrible things with it. But um, yeah, that's a, a definitely I mean, a missed opportunity. I do. If anything, like I said, this movie is you know it's very very anti gun violence. It's it's literally yes. inspired by Brad Bird's sister uh, was a victim of gun violence. She was murdered, and that is the thing that inspired him to make this movie, and a lot of his feelings about that are in this film. And so I do think that in the world, the year of the Lord 2022, there is a good reason to make an Iron Giant sequel, right? If they had, like, if Brad Bird wanted to come back and, like, readdress these themes and topic, I think, like, the world is more ready for that than it's ever been. But, yeah, most, most likely it would just be a shitty cash grab from warner brothers in which he he the weapon's a big weapon again you know it, i mean that, well, isn't that sort of like what robocop did where like it was like an anti-cop anti-violence movie and then they were like people love this robot yeah, cop, yeah. and then they made him a violent mm. cop fun, well yeah fun. i mean the movie's absolutely lo- i mean by the time robocop gets like a saturday morning kids cartoon yeah uh, they really kind of lost the thread on that you know i i I do like the story very much of this like war machine who is sentient and ha- and decides he doesn't want to do war. Um, I it is uh, I, so okay. So I I love the movie. It's a great movie. Heather can oh, okay. rest easily. We can hang out. It'll be not awkward next time Yay. I see her. Everything's yeah. great. Still um, friends. It's definitely a little sloppy in places. And oh, I do. I am. I mean, I. I read that they like did it with half the crew you'd normally use to make an animated feature. And I think it shows there like the art is so beautiful. The character design is so good, but like the walk sequences look like they just did it in a big hurry. Every time you see a long shot of their legs, it's like, Oh, they didn't put any money into those legs. The lip syncing seems off. Like it looks cheaply made, but then when you, except when you get like a good hangout with the robot, he looks incredible. And when the robot transforms into the weapon robot is incredibly cool. Like they really did a lot of mm-hmm. good stuff, but it does feel like it was, I mean, we're just so spoiled by the amount of work Disney puts into animated films. That when you see an animated film for another company, frequently it's like, Oh, these are hard. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. fine now though. Right. Cause it's like, I mean, if it ages moderately well after two decades, I think you're like, yeah, this is, this seems, you know, I understand how to watch a movie from two, from 20 years ago now. Totally. It, but con- considering the other movies being made, in, like the animated mil- films of the late 90s, they all look better than this. That's probably true. Although, like, yeah, it's, it's a cool thing to, I guess, the it's a pretty good mashup of hand-drawn and computer, right? Yeah, so, they did like, a that's... really good job with it. Mm. Totally. I mean, it's See, I... noticeable every time they do a computer shot, I think, but, like, in a way that still works. I really love the, like, I, I think the, yeah, it's certainly a much lower budget than, like, something like Disney was spending on, like, Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast or Lion King. Right. Like we did last episode, right? But I do think the fact that this movie does have a very non-Disney house style. Like, there's a lot of things with a lot of animation from this time, even not right, by yeah. Disney. They feel like they don't really have their own voice in terms of their aesthetics. This movie yeah. really has its own. It looks like... It doesn't look like a knockoff Disney movie, right? It looks very much like its own thing. It has its own totally. personality, its yeah. own sort of style for character work, you know? 
Um, and yeah, has, and I, I, I really like the character work. I, I, and especially the giant. I think his animation is, or his his look is good. It's like when they did the characters, it was all great, and then they like had to hire interns to animate them and they did kind of a cheap job sometimes so I, it looked like it had a low frame rate i mean i was watching it on like on hbo uh so this was like it was the quality that it wasn't like i got a weird you know somebody filmed the theater it was the, the one that they're sending out to people right mm. now but it just looked a little bit cheaply animated mm. which was a disappointment um I didn't I do. really notice that, but I also like sort of don't disagree because there's something about the look of uh, the human characters in Iron Giant that I actually have never really cared for that much, even though there's, I like the movie a lot. There's something like I think I like their faces, but then when you show their whole bodies, it looks weird and they do yeah. move weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I yeah. So that's one thing. Wait, I, can but, I check something? Yeah, please. Okay. Nine ninety four. Uh, the Lion King apparently made cost forty five million to make, and nineteen ninety nine Iron Giant cost fifty million. So maybe they just don't know how Whoa. to get good, good, good money, a good, good, uh, you know. Make well, good so stuff. there, there was, so there is some inflation there, but probably not yeah. that much. Um, but it does say. Well, I mean, there's also a difference between like forty five million and an animation house that has been turning out movies for seventy years. True. There's True. some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely some oil some machine discount. That, yeah. Everyone, some, yeah, exactly. Like, there's some economies of scale for there. Yeah, yeah. they, they, they bought then, them in bulk for sure. Versus, like, like, I don't know the history of this animation studio. I'm mean, like, I knew like Brad Bird was like pretty new to the studio. Like, this was, you know, he had been working on The Simpsons, he had had his falling out from Disney at this point. Um, before his falling back in, before his fall, well, I mean, before Disney bought his, the company that he helped co build and like, so, sent him back on top, right? I was just basing this, Ezra, on, on the line from Wikipedia that says the understaffed crew um, yes, completed it in it half the time. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, also, yeah, maybe if they spent the same amount of money but it did it in half the time with fewer people, you could also see some mm. um, things like that. Have you guys, either of you seen the, any of you seen the, the, like, the longer release where they, like, 20 years later made a longer scene yes, that so never got finished? They added the scene in. There's like, there's a long sequence that is like when he uh, finds the dead deer and he sees the gun. There's like the zoom in on his face that was originally cut to a uh, a flashback that showed him on his planet and what yeah. he was designed for yeah. and all this. So there's like a bunch of scenes that have been floating around out there for a while that were cut out of this movie. But that I, sounds super interesting. I really like the this movie how it is like even though it maybe could be a little bit longer i think like what's brilliant about it is just the economy of storytelling something that brad bode is so fucking good at the way like every scene in this movie is like setting up and informing things that will yes. come later there's not right. a single wasted moment every moment right. is there right to right. inform so, something that's going to happen later. And it's look, all being example, done visually. It's when so the boy and the great. robot first meet, he's like trying to teach the robot words. And then the next scene, the robot just speaks fluent English. And at, at my first thought was like, wow, that was pretty fast. And then I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? I don't want to see you learning more words. Like, that's good on right. you. Like, right. you. Just assume he picks things up fast. Let's keep yeah, it moving. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, why? Why would you want a more realistic tone there? You know, there is. I, I did read the new uh, the new book from Andy Weir, which is basically about a human and an alien learning language, and mm. it does a really jo good job of it and is fun and cool. But yeah, th this is just like mm. uh, you teach him rock tree, and then he's like, "Cool, I understand gerunds now," and then like runs <laughs> off with all language. I love that book. Yeah, 
Yeah, so good. So good. Um, except the name just escaped me. Project um, Mary. Yeah, Project Mary. It's the guy who wrote uh, The Martian. Um, very good. Um, I did have trouble suspending my disbelief every time they said the name Hogarth. I just don't know. Why I is mean, his name Hogarth, you guys? Hug Hog is a very funny joke. That's his name. because I mean yeah, it's probably his name because is, his name is Hogarth Hughes, and he writes his name on something that's broken in half, and it just says Hug Hog or Hog Hug. But it's probably one. I mean, maybe I don't. I didn't grow up during the Civil Small Town America during the Cold War. Maybe yeah. Hog. I meet Hogarth kids today with stupid names all the time nowadays. Maybe Hogarth was just. The fifties version of the stupid names you could have. Could have been. Could have been. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Um I uh there's a couple of things that made me laugh that are like not the strongest things, but this is not complaints, just fun things to talk about. So totally fine. But like for example, I love that when he's fighting the American army, every time he shoots a missile at a tank, all the people in the tank get up and run away out of the tank immediately so that he doesn't have anything to feel guilty about. Right. Yeah. That was super nice of the people hey, in a tank movie. It's a kid's movie, okay? <laughs> we don't want to see him murder anybody. No, yeah, he, even though he that. was willing to, he wants even to. Even though self-defense. You know, if it's... we made this movie now, he would have killed them all in self-defense. You know what I mean? Sure, he would be standing yeah, yeah. his ground all he over the place. He would be standing his ground for sure. So, yeah, Alex, yeah, yeah. I think that scene, that that thing is, uh, is a callback to, I think, the day the Earth stood still. Which uh, presumably these uh, uh, you know uh, army guys would have seen. They'd be like, you know what? I know what I do in this situation right. yeah. mm, when something yeah. fires well, up at my tank. Yeah, so when you're talking about this, the style of the and the character design, it all looks like this kind of like fifties sci-fi B movie, yeah, B movie look, comic book. Like it's really cool, uh, and I like that a lot. Um, I love. There's. I do love that this kid just instinctively lies to the government. Like, Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, like yeah, nine yeah. the minute he meets a government agent. He's like, nope, I got nothing here. Like, he just knows. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. He I doesn't mean. have to be told. He knows the rules. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, look, look, that guy, Kent, Kent is clearly not a good dude. Uh, right. Just doesn't, doesn't have a good dude anything. No, and it, and it sets up mm. a good love triangle where at first mom is like, ooh, Kent. And then she's like, no, uh, this roused about junk metal artist. He's the real one. Mm. Um, well, I am. I am not concerned about this boy like growing up with a giant space robot, but I am extremely concerned about him hanging out with motorcycle soul patch garbage art man. What? I do not think he's a good influence in the long run. He's an artist and like a and is a small business owner. No, yeah, uh, I mean, like, come on, Alex, <laughs> <laughs> the job creator. Yeah, he, he, guys. I don't think a younger listeners will be able to understand this, and I'm trying to think of this. Certainly, people like this still, but. Remember how hard Hollywood tried to make Henry Conrick Jr. happen? Like, yeah. I don't know. People today won't really remember, but there was like a five, <laughs> ten year span when he was in so many things and oh, doing music and doing movies and having bit parts and being really offensive and like Independence Day when he's quoting Martin Luther King for, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, what, what was with that? What? Weird. I don't know. I was just watching this movie last night, and I think he's fine in this, but like, it's like Hollywood really who tried to was, make him he? happen. He's the Soul Patch Otis man. Henry oh, the, he's that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Beatnik. You would recognize him if you saw him. He was in a lot of things around this time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and he's. I he's can't okay. help you, Anthony. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, it's just weird when Hollywood's like, this guy is going to be a guy, guy, whether you like him or not. 
and this everyone's like, guy, "No, thank you." You know, like that in Mulholland Drive voice. Yeah, this yeah. Is the guy. <laughs> um, I do. Oh, okay. Uh, well, okay. Let's talk about the real thing here, which is that I the the one thing that actually like kept this from being five stars for me is that it is a very religious movie. It is I, very Jesusy. So I think it's Superman-y, and Superman happens to be Jesus. Yeah, and Superman also, is Jesus. Is also Jesus. Well, no. So he definitely like he taught he prays. There's a big praying scene. He talks a lot about souls from a religious standpoint, and then he literally sacrifices himself for humanity and turns into a giant glowing cross. I'm not the only it, one who noticed. This is a different. Jesus wasn't designed to kill people, as far as I know. So I feel like that's where it kind of like yeah. bricks off. This was not a weapon. I love this idea of this. If you tell me a Jesus I is mean, also a weapon, I'm on board. And I love I'm this idea sure a lot. Well, person, but, but I don't know. I does Jesus I, get dinged in the head and forget who he yeah. is in the book? I don't remember. Well, we don't. I mean, they did forget to write about anything between his like third and 30th birthday. So that was when yeah. he got a little head ding and went and hung out with an artist and, and made made people fly. Yeah, it is pretty religious, though. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, see, I, uh. I, if any, I think it's more like, like religion and the narr- Christ narrative, like, has been molded onto archetypal story things. So we think of that as the base, but like, really, like, these stories existed before Jesus. Jesus, just the most famous one. It's like, sure. or, or it's like, there's saying, no way it was an accident that they had prayer talked about yeah, no, I, and had him turn into well, a cross when he died I, I, sacrificing I, 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 himself I'm with, I'm with Alex on this one Alex uh, is I think see, correct I, I, I just think I, I think I don't like Brad Bird yeah well first of all his name's Brad I don't know he he might be uh sounds <laughs> like Jesus he just sounds like maybe he goes to church and stuff I'm not trying yeah. to like out yeah. him or anything yeah, it just seems like he's a he's a maybe kind of conservative guy maybe not crazy conservative because he's making a sort of anti-gun movie so like not well, I I mean, so makes a lot of Ayn Rand movies, so I no, do think we, he's yeah, like, definitely no. he's definitely I, conservative. We talked about that last time. I hate that reading of his movies. I think it completely misunderstands one what Ayn Rand and objectivism actually is, and how toxic it is, and what Brad Bird movies are about. Yeah, uh, I, it's a very lazy like internet. Like, oh, do you ever see how these things? Themes are in these movies. Eddie, this is a very clear um, thing uh, that is clearly important to him in his life. But anyway, I, no, I know, but also I, like you I could disagree. like look, you could like I think liking Jesus, being anti-violence, and being like conservative. I think those are completely those don't have to be like the same. Yeah, yeah. they don't all. I, I'm I agree with Ezra. Yeah, yeah they don't all have that's to be exactly the same. But yeah. I also just think like I don't know, it's like the Matrix bad because it has like obvious religious allegory in it. Like I don't no. think. Because you use like people don't these pray in the and matrix, everything. and 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 the, and the matrix isn't I mean, about a bunch of like regular white people in a very like fifties nostalgic type setting. Grace before they eat, uh, they, that's yeah, the, yeah. You know, when he's like, even though the matrix is telling my brain this is steak, I thank God for it. Yeah. We didn't have to do that. That's I true. That, that's like that it, also. Yeah. I mean, plus I'm realizing <laughs> this is like this is the Terminator. This is Terminator Two, right? Like is what we're seeing, and it's just it's Terminator Two, just. You know, a different version that anytime Terminator you have like the, two for kids. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so that's that's also anytime you have like the boy and his dog, but the the dog can also kill people. You end up having some of that sacrifice uh, Jesus stuff also, I think, in there as well. Right. I mean, I do think that the stuff about like the anti-gun stuff is really interesting, and him saying he doesn't want to be a gun, and like Brad Bird has said in interviews, like the point of this movie was, what if a gun was sentient? It wouldn't yes. want to be a gun anymore. But by focusing on the soul part of being sentient. And especially like it's bad to kill, but it's not bad to die. Like that part of it 
just feels like it, it just it changes the philosophy of a movie that's clearly cares about the philosophy of the movie and it makes it a little bit i don't know a little bit weaker to me um I care less about this robot's soul. I mean, for sure, this robot does not have a soul and is not actually sentient. And you can just turn it off and feel nothing. But uh, even in the even if we give the movie that it has sentience, it's like, and it's cool that it doesn't want to be a weapon. But the the like, I, I just I just feel like they it leans a little bit into that, and it that that's part of a thing that just feels like eh, it's not quite perfect. This is bothering me. This I, is I, not as fun. I get it. It doesn't chafe for me. I mean, I think you need basically from a. You need to have a thing that is not like literally like the nuts and bolts of the thing itself in order to like have something other than what you're programmed for, I guess. Right. So you need like in this world, you do kind of need a soul type element, I guess, for for this uh, gun bot uh, in order to actually like make him not just be, I'm going to do exactly what I, what I was always going to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, fair. Apparently, when it first came out, there was also a lot of people who were like criticizing it as being pro USSR and uh that it was too soft on Russia. that was like this was like like this was the conservative papers were all writing like don't go see this liberal hollywood anti-gun we america was wrong during the cold war like uh we were too violent it was our fault that everything was happening like there was that reading of it at the time oh which but is it's not even stupid it's not even completely solid in like a critique of the American military or the government like the government is not great in this movie but mostly at the end of the day it's just kind of all on that one guy's shoulder like yeah, he's like yeah, kind yeah. of one pro government it's like pretty pretty solid it's just the one yeah. and now they, they have the some one security guy problems like it turns yeah. out anyone who grabs the radio can launch a nuke mm, yeah that's, that's a problem that, that is a little yeah, sloppy hey. a chain of command I can't support that but yeah he's <laughs> the guy actually and it, what's great is that he's in the US government's department of unexplained phenomenon and his boss is in that department is like an unexplained phenomenon, on you idiot. That's not that plausible. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He like gets love that. his boss, who's also in charge of ridiculous things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I okay. So big jump. Okay. So mm. he's into Superman, which is like one of the dumber characters of all time. But um. Who cares about Superman? Well, no, I mean, you're, no, no one here is like a big Superman head. I'm confident, right? Well, I mean, like, I mean, look, Superman is. I don't know. Like, All Star Superman is pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm sure like, a lot of people I, have listened to the show and know also, All Star Superman yeah, is. They probably I, like it. I also think people dogging on Superman is also an incredibly bad, lazy take to have. But okay. I well, mean, this is me. You have to understand sometimes that uh, if if someone isn't in that world and they come up with something on their own, it's not the same as like taking a lazy way out from your world. This is new to me. And I don't give a shit about Superman because he's God and that's boring. But I, it did get me thinking because when when Iron Giant flies, he flies like arm to his side, fist out like Superman because he saw yeah. the thing. Right, but he right. does not need to. He does not yeah. have to put a fist out. He was oh. posing. He could have had his hands at his side and just flown, which got me right, thinking. But he about saw. He knows about Superman, yes. so he's yeah, deliberately. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's but then it got me thinking about Superman. So Superman doesn't have to put a fist out when he flies either, right? <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, yeah. here's my question for you guys who care about comic oh, books. Wait, wait, wait. He's trying to balance himself. Does he need to balance? Could Superman just put his hands in his pockets and fly head first? Yeah, well, get hit in the face by the next first comet then. Yeah. Right? You don't and want that. You're, you're also, again, talking about like... Superman has flown in every possible. Superman's been around for almost 100 years. A lot of looking, and I have not been able to find an image of him flying with his hands in his pockets. But that image in my head is just 
killing me. It's so funny. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about Superman flying. And then I thought, what if instead of head first, he just flew like like he's standing but flying forward yeah. with his hands in his pockets? That would be so goddamn funny. I mean, pockets. What? He doesn't have pockets. Well, in, in this, he has, he has pockets on his underwear. So you're saying he's wearing jeans or something, mm. and then he <laughs> like just he just has little pockets on the side of his underwear that's outside of his pants. Wait, like what he's is wearing, you know, he's wearing jean hand? shorts. Yeah, okay. he's wearing shorts. Shorts. I mean, and he's, his hands in his pockets, and he's just hella chill. Superman just flying <laughs> vertically forward. Wouldn't that be so good? That would be. I, cool. I mean, I'd like that. If anything, I just want to see him fly feet first. I think that'd be a fun way to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. Like you're floating in a pool, you know. Yeah, yeah. You got to keep your shoulders down so that you don't sink down. You know, have like your hands that. behind your head and that oh, kind yeah, of like a water position. slide. Hands behind yeah. your head, legs crossed, just yeah. flying that way. I, I mean, I like the idea of what is the coolest <laughs> slash funniest way for Superman to fly? And I think uh, maybe fetal position is actually pretty good <laughs> yeah, as well. That's really yeah. hilarious. Like, yeah. yeah. Especially if he's up. crying. Yeah. Yeah. I think anything that he'd like actively be working against like wind and like aerodynamics, oh, like it's right. just flailing out yeah. and like putting his body in weird directions. <laughs> that's funny to me. That's funny. Did, so I I did ask this on Twitter, and somebody said there's a character in Apex Legends who flies with his hands in his pockets named Crypto. Do you guys play? Either of you? That's, you guys don't play Apex Legends. I, I don't play Apex no. Legends. Okay, sorry. well, just for people who have been yelling at their phones that that's what an option. But uh, if I could draw, this is what I would do: is I would draw a little animation of Superman flying in in worse ways, and that yeah. it's just. Just, just a little. This is a thing you can do for free. You can just picture Superman flying in weird ways that mm. you can just at home when you're when you're bored. You can do it on an eleven hour flight. Whatever you want. This is my gift to you. Just dabbing the whole time. Mm. <laughs> dab fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can oh, he just man. dab? Lame Superman. Oh, that would be brutal. I like that. I, I don't know. Superman's cool. We just had a lot of fun talking about yeah. potential ideas of how Superman can fly. He's an interesting character for stuff like that alone. The physics yeah. of Superman is so fun to think about. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And he, he fought the Nazis, so I'm on his side for that. Yeah. And the KKK, he did both, right? Yeah, he was on the right yeah. side of both of those. Yeah, he yeah. fought the KKK. He yeah. actively helped um, expose the KKK and their secrets. Yeah. Know okay, know that, the, the early Superman stuff rules. I do huh. think that the movies have gotten really weird and boring, but um, yeah, that part is good. Also, he, he can fly yeah. around the world backwards and make time travel yeah. happen. I mean, that's you cool. You want to talk about like when you get back, get back to sort of Brad Bird and the objectivist things. If you want uh -huh. to talk about like, if you want a good example, of what Brad Bird is not, he is not Zack Snyder, who is like an <laughs> yeah, actual totally. fan of Ayn Rand's right. philosophy. Right? He's his dream has always been to adapt the Fountainhead. Yeah. He puts a lot of that philosophy in his Superman movies. They're yeah. just full with that type of shit. Yeah, which is bad. That is the stuff that is like, if you want to talk about how corrosive and toxic that philosophy actually is. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that the thing about like Brad Bird is like, we I sort of mentioned this last week. Like, yeah. he has a really interesting story. You know, he was like an animation wonder kid. Yeah. He got hired at Disney when he was like 14 um, based off Crazy. the fact that he was like hand animating stuff and sending it in. And they were like, this kid just really gets animation. He loves it. He got there. He worked at Disney at like the the lowest of the low times. Like this is like when him and Tim Burton were working there doing like Fox oh. and the Hounds and all the really bad movies. He got fired because he constantly wanted them to spend more time and money making stuff. Right? He is just 
his movies are about like creative frustration. What it's like to be like, know you're talented at something, want to do good at something, and watch mediocrity and watch profit motive way out and destroy yes. what's good about stuff. Right? That's yes. what all of his movies are about. Yes, I mean that's Matthews, the stuff that people are misreading that as like I think is a pretty douchey point of view. Yeah. And it may be true in his case, and it's definitely also Anne Rand's f- feeling about herself, which is hilarious because she is pretty objectively terrible at her job. Yeah. She is not a good writer, and her novels are unreadable. Um, and so she's like, I- everyone is holding me back. Everyone, I'm perfect. Everyone who's good at their job should just be treated like a god. And she's terrible at her job. And in mm. the world she created, people would sco- would shun her all the time because she is terrible at writing. But uh, with Brad Bird, maybe it's true. He's a, he's a wonderkind. He is always being held back by other idiots. I buy that. But it's still it's, a douchey perspective. See, I, and in again, The Incredibles, it's a little bit grating. And in Tomorrowland, it's like fascist and mm. really bad and dark. I've never again, seen Tomorrowland. So yeah, I, you should. A lot you of should. It. It, was a, it was a it was a it was an oopsie. It was an oopsie. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not a good movie, but also I think that's the one. Like, it's one of his only movies he didn't write. He was like, sort of like, had to deal with a bunch of Disney live action bullshit stuff. But his animation is certainly where he's more comfortable. But I think like Ratatouille is definitely like the best form of his work. But also, I don't know. I think like, you know, like I love Ratatouille. Ratatouille is great. Yeah, I like I like Incredibles, except for this weird like, you're holding back the geniuses part. But other than that, it's really good fun. Um, I don't know. I, you know, when I used to do stand up, I thought I was pretty good at it. Yeah. And I remember, like, I thought you were too. Yeah. Oh, I also, I never saw I you. Think that. But I just, like, <laughs> not a fan. Um, look, we've all, we've all done stuff. We've all been puzzled. I remember, like, working uh, at a really bad comedy club with this headliner whose last 20 minutes of his act was he would pull off his pants and he would be in a thong and he would give men in the audience lap dances. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? You know that guy. That's the last Hilarious. half of his act. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It would fucking kill. It would get would this. My stand-up at this club would always not do super well. But I was proud of it. But anyway, yeah, that is the type of shit that makes me understand Brad Bode movies. And it, it <laughs> makes, makes you think, think what we should do is we should kill the no pants guy and make a small retreat in the mountains where only people like me can do stand up and we get invited. No one else does. And then the world fall, slowly falls apart because it doesn't have its best train engineers. That's not what I was thinking. Oh, it's no. Okay. That, no. But it's like that's the type of stuff like being in those type of environments. Oh, what make me like really love films like Ratatouille and Incredibles and movies that talk about like what it's like to be a, a creative individual around people who are willing to like bring the burrow down for everyone and like just relish in mediocrity. Right. Like there is something to it that you can have that feeling without getting into like the toxic worldview you keep trying to pit on it. But just like <laughs> that feeling of being around people who actively pursue lowest common denominator stuff. That's not a bad thing to say. Like that's a bad thing to do, right? Like if you're not pushing yourself and like, yeah, there's ways to make money doing it. But like, I don't feel bad saying like, I think those people are bad people that actively hurt everyone by being. Well, so okay, this, so I have know? a slightly different perspective, which is like, I think I'm a mediocre comic and I play mostly to the lowest common denominator. And I feel like I would still never take off my pants. That guy was actively terrible and should not be allowed in public. 
and like, it's really disgusting and terrible. I mean, it's really, mm. really bad. I'm only okay at this. And I feel like if you've listened this far into the podcast, you're, you know, you've heard it. <laughs> like, you are on my side about this. And so I just don't feel like we should be killed for being like, I think people who are just doing their best, you know, deserve credit too. And I do think that what actually is what's most interesting about his story is not being a genius surrounded by mediocre people. That's the, that's earth. What his story is, he was a genius when he was young, so he never learned how to communicate, and he was told that he was a genius, and that broke his sense of uh, of other people. <laughs> Wonderkins always turn out fucked up. It's not yeah, you're good right. for Earth. Mm, it's I for agree them. with that. It's bad for their mental health. I think that is like led him to this like, oh no, everyone is the worst, instead of just trying to do good work. I again, I just fundamentally disagree about the man, but I just think huh. that you should do stand up some more. <laughs> I just think you should go back that to stand up because that do with what we're talking about. is probably yeah. still working. And by by letting him have the industry, you're hurting America. Oh yeah, why is it on you? The choice yeah. between you two, Anthony. Why is it on him. you? Why yeah. is it on him? Yeah, that's a good point. Why are you it on your bushel, Anthony? You should let it shine. I th- I mean this way off the rails. I don't even yeah. know what we're talking about anymore. Right, I'm looking up before I'm we move on. Child prodigies that didn't turn out messed up, uh, and I'm I'm doing my best here. Mozart. I think Macaulay Culkin seems fun now. Mm. Like there are ones who like went through a dark period and then came back up, mm. and like Justin Bieber didn't. So that's interesting mm. too. But he like right. he's yeah, like, yeah. like he's like telling us I've come through it and I'm interesting now. Still not. I mean, so that's like a, a fun. There's a difference between children caught in the the machine of pop culture and wonderkins, though. Like I wouldn't say Macaulay Culkin and Justin Bieber were wonderkins about anything. Yeah. Well, also, also, it's different to be like a prodigy at like pop music and at uh, hand drawn cell animation. Like that's a little bit more. you, You end up in a little more obscure. It's a smaller swimming pool. Um. But like everyone who's made something good in Hollywood dealt with the same system. And so making all your movies about how everyone around you is an idiot does feel a little bit. Oh, yeah. I just think that's a very reductive reading of his movies. Like, of course I don't it is. It's a is, podcast, yeah. not a thesis. Yeah. <laughs> like, we just, I'm not reading this to turn yeah. to a thesis. Peer review. I'm making jokes. Alex, wait. Next season, season six is just reading thesis? the thesis. Yeah, it's all yeah. one thesis. thesis. I think if if you have listened this far to the show and still think I'm putting out good takes, that's on you. I've been I'm very for clear takes. about what this is. Not 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 good takes, just takes. Just, just takes, takes, man. It's just takes. takes. Medi- mediocre takes is what you're here for. Here's my last take. Very strange product, Cocoa Lax. The chocolate bar laxative oh, available to children. Yeah. I mean that's that exists. The fifties are fucking wild, man. You could just buy yeah. a chocolate bar of laxative that tastes yeah. delicious. Yeah. How are you just finding out about this now? Really? Yeah, I don't think it tastes delicious. I think it tastes like chocolate with laxatives in it. But when you put it in an ice cream thing, it's you lose it. You know? Wow, you yeah. could really get this as a chocolate. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Also, I feel like what? I only know this because it was in other movies too. Yeah, yeah, humanity's thing. weird. It's yeah. basically it's just yeah, this is, this is pranking chocolate. Yeah, but it's also medicine. Yeah, it doesn't seem built for that. Okay, we gotta get we gotta start wrapping up. So we have a couple little bits of business to take care of. So uh, that's our discussion of the Iron Giant. But now we have to figure out where it falls 
on the list of the greatest movies of all time in order by quality of season five. Where do you want to rank the Iron Giant from 1999 on this list? What's top 10? Um, the Look, top 10 in order are or the put it in the man, Discord. I don't know. Edge yeah, of you should Tomorrow, post King. Someone. Somewhere. It probably should be somewhere. Um, yeah. It should be on the website. I just don't have to update it every week. Um, yeah. The Third Man, Edge of Tomorrow, Lion King, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. That's the top five. The second five, if you think it's necessary to get into that, The Good, the Bad, the Ugly, Batman, Unforgiven, Greatest Movie of All Time, Time Apollo 13, and Michael Clayton. <laughs> then if you start at 11 is where things get controversial. That's where you get into Out of Sight, Dead Ringers, Battleship Patiemkin, Pelham, In the Cut, that sort of thing. There's okay. nothing controversial about any of those. Those are all great movies. In the cut. What's going to make this weird is that I rewatched Soylent Green over the weekend and uh, for my up- my web series, We Live in the Future. And I think we were actually a little, we were a little hard on it. There's some stuff about it that's very good that yeah. I think we were like, we were underwhelmed by, but I didn't like it the first time very much. But the second time I'm watching it, I'm like, it's actually some really interesting stuff it's going on here. Taste. Yeah. Smell the green is you're saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You develop a, t- a taste that's- for it. I bring it up all the time. The staircase thing the in that movie thing is, is so profoundly the brilliant. Thing. There's also some like the uh, yeah. There's just there's stuff about it that's really good, which I'll talk about more later. Anyway, where do you okay. where do you guys want to rank the Iron Giant? I know uh, four for yeah. me. Four um, ahead of Eternal Sunshine, behind the, the Lion King. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry, I, I meant so. I want what right before um, uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. So between Eternal Sunshine and Cuckoo's Nest. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I want above Michael Clayton. That's where I would put it. Okay. I want it one above the Lion King. So that would be it was tenth for you, Hunter. Above the Lion King, so the third best of all time. That's interesting. I don't think it's as good as Lion King for sure, but I, you know, I feel like I mean, definitely, it's got to be in the top ten. Where does it get weird for me? I think it's easy to say it's below three. Is it, I mean, it's definitely, and it's definitely better than Batman, which is seven. So it's somewhere in the four, five, six range. I'm going to say five. I think it's five. Um, I don't know what that actually is. Is it five, five, three, ten? Five, three, seven, five is where we're at. Um, about, uh, so we were trying to figure out where we put these averages and if it's low enough, does it go above? So do we put that above five or below five? I think we're doing above five. What does the average come out to? 5.3. 5.3. Yeah, so it's, it's a new five. That should be above. It's a new okay, five. Okay, so mm. the new five, the Iron Giant, which also means that two of our top five movies are animated now, which I like, eh? and three of our top ten. Um, excellent. Okay, so next up, it's time for, we've got to do some points. Ezra, yeah, the scorekeeper, what is our official score right now? Oh, wow, it's a great score. Uh, so we got Anthony, first place, 11 points. Hunter, Second place, nine points. Alex, third place, eight points. Ezra, fourth place, seven points. Nice. All right. Well, you got so sad there, Ezra. You picked this. You picked this. We didn't actually discuss the point split, but I think uh, a traditional point split is fair. Three, two. So I'm going to take three, and I'm going to give you two. What does that do to our score? It. It. We have a tie. Uh. So now, Anthony and Alex are tied for first with eleven points and another tie. Ezra and Hunter 
tied for second with nine points. Mm, <laughs> oh. Intriguing. I, I, is someone right about to shoot up to first place with another choice we have well, coming up Hunter's here? Hunter's next, so he could make some interesting decisions that way, which I'm sure mm-hmm. him and Ezra have discussed offline, but I don't know if they're friends yet or they're still feuding. Before we do that, it's time for me to pick my next movie mm-hmm. oh. um, to replace it, since that was my second scoring movie. I was reading a list. I've enjoyed animation a lot on the show, and, and you know that I like animated movies a lot. I was looking at a list of best animated features of all time, and there was one that I had never heard of, that I really want to watch after it was on this top 10 list that I saw, which is, um, it's called Alice. It's from 1998. Mm. Do you guys know the 1998 Alice? It's from a Czech surrealist filmmaker named yeah, Svankmeyer. It's the Alice in Wonderland Wait, animated That was in 1998? I thought yes, it was older right? than that. I've seen that. You have? Yeah, I've, yeah. What did you guys think of it? No, Or 88, sorry, not 98. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, that's, sorry, that's weird. Yeah. Just a typo. What did you guys think of it? Uh, I don't like these pictures. It's wild. Yeah, it, it is wild. wild. I really watch it. Just the quote from him that was like, "Everyone misunderstands this as a fairy tale. It's really like about an amoral nightmare." I love that reading mm. going in, and it's stop motion except for her. Uh, how are we going to get to this, so buddy? Like, I definitely yeah. want to pick this, but it's impossible. Like IMDb lists one actor, and she's only been in TV shows. That's like, there's just nothing. Real, real quick sidebar: Have any of you guys seen the trailer or seen yet Mad God, the Phil no. Tippett movie that just got released? No. You guys Mm-mm. know who Phil Tippett is? No. He's like an animation pioneer. He's the guy who did the Rancor fight in um, Return of the Jedi. Oh, cool. did oh, most okay. of the stop animation on all these old <coughs> like ILM movies. He's like an animation brilliant. Like if you look at his filmography, he's worked on like almost every movie you love. Um, okay. But he has been working on a stop animation like horror sci-fi film and after 30 years of working on it slowly it just finished it got released now no kidding mad god uh you should watch the trailer for it it's available online i haven't gotten around to seeing it yet i hear it is quite the experience (laughs) but yeah it's a complete stop animation um hand animated by phil tippett over 30 years wow really fascinating thing that's amazing He's been working on, but yeah, look at this. Uh, it looks wild. I really want to see it. I'm curious. I, d- I like stop motion a lot. Um, yeah. I don't like horror, but these are like, it would be worth it, I think. And that's how I feel about Alice. Anyway, I like that, but I'm not going to choose it because it's basically impossible. Um, I was back and forth. I have two things that I'm trying to decide between, and maybe you, I can just feel you guys out a little bit really quick, which is um, one to stay in, you know, top 10 animated films. I have not yet seen Princess Mononoke. Um, I've seen a lot of the other ones uh, from Ghibli, but I have not seen that one. And it's the one that I'm like, I've seen, there's a couple I haven't seen, but that one's on the top of my list that I would like to see. Um, So that's kind of interesting. And then the other thing is I was thinking back, there was a, if you guys recall when we had last season, when we had laser on, um, they were talking about uh, a bunch of movies that they thought were influential. We watched, um, I can't remember what we watched now. A really, really good movie about the women in New York. Um, Anthony, you're good at this. Please. The um, women in New York. Women in New York. New York? Sex yeah, in the yeah. city. No, the the rich, Well, it was a, it was the the rich older lady uh, in the red coat and her cool. The, you, you got it, Hunter. Tell me, please. I'm embarrassing myself it's on like a name, isn't it? It's uh. <sighs> 
Wait, like Are we... Grey Gardens? What are you? No. Um. Oh, what is it called? <sighs> so I'm, cool. I'm, I'm dying. I'm yeah. dying. It was it, it was a uh, it was on Laser's list of cool queer movies that we haven't seen yet. Um, and I just can't I can't so wait, remember. Th- is this the movie oh. you're picking, or is this another fake out? Anyway, this is another movie from. So I was thinking of another movie from Laser's list, which is But I'm a Cheerleader from 1999. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I just watched that. Did that movie wait? owns. Yeah, that movie is so good. Yeah. Oh, but I don't want to make you watch a movie you just watched. I just won't watch it. I I literally just watch. You can look. You can yeah. check it out on my letterbox. I watched it like three weeks ago. Okay. It's fresh on the dome. Love yeah. it. Great cast. So good. Yeah, yeah. Butter okay. Cheerleader is like a seminal We're queer watch theory. Butter Cheerleader from 1999. Um, and I'll put Princess Mononoke on hold for later. And then Alice, I'm gonna watch on my own time. Um, Both great movies. Princess Mononoke and Butter Cheerleader. Both great movies. Hey, wait. Was it? Was the? Was it? Was the movie Carol? Was that yes, the one that Carol. we watched? Yes, yeah, Carol. Carol. Yeah. Wait, this was from the episode where we watched Carol. Uh, Laser had given us a bunch of different movies that we could maybe yeah. watch and uh, that were influential. In, influential of them, and uh, but I'm a cheerleader was on that list, and I uh, have just heard nothing but great things over and over yeah. again. And I, mm-hmm. they were playing at the at the cemetery around the corner for me the other day, and I missed it. And I, so I've been just like thinking about watching it. Anyway, so that's my new pick from 1999. It's also two in a row from 1999. It's keeping me in the late yeah. 90s. All of my movies, which I like, is like one of the best years for movies that's, of all time. The also, amount right? of good movies that got released in 99 what did you say it's anthony uh, virgin suicide is also 99 yeah, anthony yeah. Virgin Suicide is 99 um and hunter's movie is 97 so we are ho- hovering around the late 90s a lot which is fun um yeah great year for movies okay last thing to do then so we're ezra's gonna go on vacation this week so we're gonna we're gonna be back we're gonna just the anthony hunter and I are gonna do a special episode that is not part of the game but before we leave, uh, Ezra is going to, or before or Hunter, you're going to pick a movie that uh, we'll do when Ezra comes back. So Hunter, the last movie of round six of the game, what are we watching? For oh. those of you listening and not watching on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Alex Falcone, Ezra is already making a lot of faces. Hunter looks like he's playing it close to the vest, but clearly something is going on with these boys that I do not know about. So, okay, I, so I, I guess for context... Like, you know, so last time, Hunter and I, like, I looked at our, our Discord, uh, like, one in chat. Last time was very much me saying, like, hey, man, we're still on for, for Avengers Endgame, right? And so I I was, I was I do have a way to, to make it so Hunter doesn't get to pick and, and me just to go for it directly. But, right. Oh, shit. I, you have to do that before realized, he picks. Yeah, yeah. But I realized yeah, so I really actually want to know. Last time, though. Last yes. time, I did yes. not get to pick a movie. And instead so last time you that. had an agreement, you didn't pick Avengers Endgame. And so Ezra um, sacrificed the whole uh, thing. And yeah, turned okay, into okay, Western. okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. But, but so I was threatening you again. Just to okay, be clear, no, Hunter, he's making I'm a threat. threat. I'm not. Hey. I'm not because I can't, I can't stop it. Because I'm very, hey. I just realized I'm very curious to actually know what kind of person Hunter is. So I'm very happy to see to, to go after okay. this football okay. again and see if Lucy will take it. Let me away. just play. Let me just play my hand yeah. okay. open. Okay. It's my turn. Yes, I'm laying all is. my cards face yeah. up on the table. And we could Here, move to Avengers Endgame, which we would could move be to the Avengers Endgame, which Alex really doesn't want. Alex so super does not want to do Avengers Endgame. Okay. Mm. Now I assume if I move to two things happen, if I move to Avengers Endgame that are good for me, Actually, Alex, you need to be listening, all right? Because I'm about to make a proposition to you, and you mm. might mess it up. So if we move to <laughs> Avengers Endgame, obviously me and Ezra do a split. I assume it's the normal split. Ezra gets three points. I get two points. Mm-hmm. Um, although Ezra actually is pretty wild with the splits, so who knows? Who knows? Um, <laughs> well, he <laughs> do something weird with his three points. but Right. 
And and then from Avengers Endgame, uh, if either me or Ezra are next pick, I assume we can go to Shang-Chi and then to Happy Together, right? I mean, that's a lot of stuff that has to line up, but... I really want to see Happy Together. That intermediary movie is making it harder. I know. I know. It's Hey, it's pretty good. Yeah. This, is it? This, yeah, I liked it. Okay. Last time I came up with a more a, a, a more convoluted way to get there, and it got taken away from me. All right, so I would like to get to my movie. However, if I I have a power card that would get me to but I'm a cheerleader. Oh, okay. I have a card that would do it. Now, why would I do it? Because you just Alex, watched it, and you like it. Why would I do it though? Give because me a you reason like to do that. I have to. I in this in this scenario where I help you out. I am spending one of my own power cards and I'm closing myself off from getting too happy together. Well, and so I want to get said, betraying Ezra a second time. Just, just put betraying it out there. Betraying Ezra a second time. I mean, well, so, so what so you've already me? answered your own question. That's its own reward. I, betraying no, 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 Ezra no. a second time is worth it. That's no, on no, its no. own. I just want to know if there, if you, if you would willing to make some sort of ridiculous deal with me. Well, I would give you a non-standard split for that. I would give you you a three-two split points-wise. I would be also enough. I would also tell you this. Um, I want to watch your movie, so with no work from you, I am dedicated to getting you to happy together if I possibly can. Mm. So, regardless of what happens with you and me, if there's a chance for me to pick the intermediary, intermediary movie, and then we get to watch Happy Together next. I'm doing it. I'm already I'm already sold. I don't want to. You know what? I don't want to take the hit of, of betraying Ezra twice in a row. I need to work you, with this you mean table. The victory? You mean the, the joy? No. I would get you to ha if I could. So that's the thing. I have this. Listen, I have a power card. I, yeah. Okay. In some random cases, I could get to happy together. I just don't know what until I mm. Google what the aspect well, ratio of each of the movies is. Here's the thing. My card that I would use to get you to butt him a cheerleader is, is also a way for me to get to happy together. It's just really kind of specific and annoying um, but it just hasn't come up. The opportunity hasn't come up. So I I'd, think I'd love you to do that. Yeah, I'd love me to do that too. I think I am gonna play it safe and play it the the most likely way for me to get it happy together and soon is to travel through Vin Diesel to Avengers Endgame. Hell yeah! Ugh. That's what I got to do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Alex. Thanks, I'm gonna get a lot of work done while that movie is playing in the background with the sound off. We could do, yeah, we yeah, could yeah. do the, the party watch with people in two weeks. Party watch. Oh, yeah, we did talk about that. Party watch. We're gonna party watch oh Avengers God. Endgame. It's gonna be a party. Oh all right. We're not even gonna watch the movie. We're not even gonna watch this movie. It's so. I come on. It's it's. Uh... Well, so you remember when we did the party watch of that Matt Damon movie? Yeah, yeah. The this wall. will be a lot like that, where like we're yeah. watching something that is complete drivel on screen but we're hanging out so it's fun yeah uh, exactly I mean, we'll hang I'm, out avengers endgame is actually kind of good I mean, it's that's the slightly difference. worse than the gray mm. wall um it's the same like plot wise and character wise but it's a little less fun in the acting oh i think it's fun to talk about actually i don't think yeah. it's very fun to watch but i do think it's fun to think about okay yeah so I, here's what we're gonna do we gotta get going um yeah yeah so here's what we're gonna do um so hunter is picking uh avengers endgame uh okay uh hunter picks avengers endgame uh via vin diesel um yay um but uh we will try to figure out so here's what we're gonna do while ezra's on vacation um we're gonna do a special bonus episode of just uh anthony and hunter and i watching the new film nope 
which is the new uh, Jordan Peele movie, uh, horror movie. Um, and all I know about it is that Universal Studios already built a theme park based on the movie <laughs> that opened at the same time as the movie, which is bananas. Um, and that's all I know. But I'm going to go watch it. He's obviously earned it. It seems like early talk is good. Um, not surprisingly. Um, so we're going to watch that and talk about it. I don't like horror, but it's worth it with him. Um, and then he, Anthony is going to reveal once and for all on this very program, his grand unified field theory of Jordan Peele. And I can't wait. Um, then sometime kind of after us selling it a little bit, my reading of us that I haven't really seen anyone talk about, but us, I believe is one of the smartest horror movies ever made. And I really, rarely have ever seen anyone hit on my hope, interpretation of the movie. I hope nobody refers to your take as lazy next week. Mm. Um, in the <laughs> and then sometime after that, when Ezra gets back, we are going to schedule like probably a weekend mid afternoon. We're going to do a live a live watch on Twitch of Avengers Endgame, and you guys probably won't join us, and that's fine. Mm. But we'll post about it. We'll partner with uh, Hunter's Twitch channel, and you can you can have Twitch on, and then click our link to watch it on Disney plus at the same time. And you can get our um, mystery science theater style commentary slash you. If you want to hear me sigh a lot during a m movie, you can mm -hmm. do that. We'll figure that out in the off hours, but that's all coming up next. But now we got to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, on behalf of Anthony and I, who are leading this game by a lot and Ezra and Hunter who are way behind. <laughs> Uh, we really appreciate you listening. Um, if you have thoughts, if you want to call any of my takes lazy, you can email us podcast at readdashweave.com. Also, you can tell us if you want more or less news. Tell us how you feel about the news segment, podcastreadashweave.com. And, of course, you can become a meat buddy by going to meatreon.com. You can also watch us do the show, not live, but you can watch us unedited because it's too much work by going to youtube.com slash alexfalcone. You can see our faces while we do it. You can see what toy is just holding up during the music. Um all of that we really appreciate it uh, for all of you what, what is it oh, it's discord for my my little pony of course oh. um all right well thanks for being here ezra and discord <laughs> yep thanks for being here hunter of course thank you and anthony we'll talk to you guys next week for nope yep bye guys bye bye, bye. bye.